0: What's up, guys? Coach Kate here, and today I want to dive into all things sugar. Specifically, I want to talk about what's going on in the body that's making you crave sweet treats and sugar in general. Um, What exactly is sugar? Talk about the difference between natural and refined or artificial sugar. Talk about how much sugar we should be eating per day at most. Um, And then finally kind of get into some of those sweeteners, right? Because I'm sure we've all Seen those little packets, the little pink and yellow packets sitting down at a restaurant that you know, claim to have no calories and no sugar. It's all artificial, right? So what exactly does that mean? Okay, guys, so let's go ahead and dive into it. Sugar cravings, sugar cravings, they're often going to be caused by an imbalance in blood glucose or blood sugar levels. So anytime that you are having low blood sugar levels, it's going to cause you to crave something and typically crave something sweet because it's a simple carbohydrate and it's going to bring those levels up really, really quickly. So you have two hunger hormones. I've talked about it before. You have leptin and you have ghrelin. So leptin is suppressing your appetite. Ghrelin is like the feed me hormone. So when your blood sugar levels are regulated, when you are just metabolically healthy across the board, leptin and ghrelin, they work really, really well together. If you are in a state of an imbalanced metabolism, which we do often um, work with women who come into the program because they've been on kind of like a yo-yo diet or they've just been under eating for several years, for whatever reason, they're really struggling losing weight. And a lot of times that's because leptin and ghrelin aren't working well together because their metabolism is not balanced, right? So research has shown that ghrelin levels are going to increase in response to sugar intake, which then leads to more sugar cravings, right? Because when you are spiking your blood sugar up, the quicker and the faster and the higher you are spiking it, The quicker, the faster, the lower you are spiking it right back down, which then you're going to have low blood sugar levels. Again, you're kind of on like this roller coaster of spiking, plummeting, spiking, plummeting, and you're just going to continue to crave it because simple carbohydrates is going to bring those blood sugar levels up really, really quickly. So wherever there is starch or sugar, there's going to be fiber as well. Fiber is going to help slow the body's absorption of glucose. However, here's the issue. A lot of foods have become so heavily processed that fiber tends to be removed. Um, And this is because it's problematic if you're trying to preserve food. And unfortunately, we live in a culture where we are always trying to preserve food. So not only that, but sweetness tends to be increased as well. So a lot of foods that are high in sugar and starch naturally contain fiber however so that they can be preserved fiber is removed sweetness is increased sugar causes this release of dopamine dopamine's the feel-good neuro- neurotransmitter and as humans we crave dopamine because it heightens our reward pathway you're basically training your brain that this is good this is a good feeling i want it again and dopamine It's a good thing in its natural form where it starts to become problematic is when we are finding it in unnatural ways or ways that we shouldn't be finding it, right? Those quick, easy, instantaneous rewards, like if you're just scrolling on Instagram for several hours or you're binge watching, you know, multiple seasons of a show or you're eating sugar, you know, it's a really instantaneous, quick release of dopamine and you're continuing to train your brain that this is what it should be like, that you should be getting this level of dopamine, right? But the problem is, is that your brain is constantly trying to find this balance of um, just overall everything. So this this level of homeostasis, right? And so if it recognizes that there's too much dopamine in the brain, it's gonna start taking away, taking away, taking away. But that dopamine is also being worn off because the sugar is leaving your body, you know? And so because of that, you don't go back to baseline. You tend to go below baseline. So if you ever have one of those days where you eat a lot of sugary sweets, or let's go back to the Instagram example, and you're just kind of scrolling, 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 and you might feel bad after, right? That is not only just kind of a feeling of guilt that maybe you wasted time or maybe you wasted calories, but it's also coming from this imbalance of neurotransmitters in your body because your dopamine level has now gone below baseline right? Sorry, I got a little off track there, but I wanted to kind of explain what was happening. So what's really interesting when it comes to sweets is that they, you know, obviously, you know that sweets cause cravings, but it's not because of the taste. I was talking about this on another podcast I did um, in terms of sugar and kind of how it impacts your emotions. And I wanted to bring this study back in again. So within your stomach, you have all these cells and neurons that sense the presence of sugary foods. And it's completely independent of their taste, right? They just sense it without the taste. And they send signals to the brain, which then releases dopamine, which makes you want more for exactly the reason we were just talking about. This pathway, it is so freaking powerful that they have done experiments where they will numb taste and they will numb the feeling in your mouth. They will blindfold you. They will give you foods that are sugary and non-sugary and Every single time, they end up craving the sugary foods more. Again, guys, numb taste, numb feelings in the mouth, blindfold them. This is completely independent of the taste. It is these cells and neurons that just can sense the presence of these sugary foods, and they are just releasing dopamine in response to that. So technically you are drawn to particular foods due to a chemical reaction. So even if you can't taste the sugar or if it was hidden sugar, you will still find yourself craving those foods more and more. And you might not know why, right? But this is why. So, I kind of mentioned, you know, even if they're hidden sugars, and I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit as well, because if you've ever had a one-on-one with me, you probably have heard me vent about my frustrations with nutrition companies and nutrition labels over the years. And a huge thing that drives me absolutely nuts is how companies can get away with hiding sugar by using other chemical forms of sugar. I've said it before, and you've probably heard me say this on many podcasts. But I learned this from Nickelodeon when I was like 10 or 12. (laughs) Anything that rhymes with gross is a form of sugar. It's so corny, guys, but it's also so true, right? Sugar. So you got glucose, sucrose, fructose, all different forms of sugar. So when you are looking at a nutrition label, I want you looking at those ingredients and I want you looking for those words because that is still sugar. It is just in a different chemical form. Right. So that's what I mean when I say hidden sugars. So I'm going to use, for example, my boyfriend's breakfast the other day. (laughs) Okay, so he would be so not stoked if he knew I was saying this, but he's a big fan of special K cereal. I have very strong feelings about it. Um, So he had a cup of special K cereal and orange juice. So basically, to me, he had grains of corn that were popped and turned into flakes and berries that were dried into sucrose with the fiber removed because Anytime you're having dried fruit, the fiber is removed and sweetness, sweetener, sweetness is added to it. And orange juice that has been basically juiced, liquidated, and it's basically at this point just glucose and fructose. And again, fiber has been removed anytime a fruit is juiced or anytime a fruit is dried. Anytime a fruit is changed in any way. And it also applies to making protein shakes or any type of shake, right? If you're making a smoothie, you are removing fiber. That's actually not totally true. The fiber is still there, but it's not acting as that protective shield in terms of helping with the blood sugar spike anymore. Okay. So when you are looking at a diet like special case cereal and orange juice, just a couple of years ago, that was something that was advertised as a very healthy diet, right? They even have special case cereal that has like a protein boost in it. But all you're doing with these hidden sugars and some artificial sugars is you're just spiking your blood sugar levels. And here's the issue when you spike your blood sugar levels is that you are, your pancreas um, is going to release insulin. Insulin is, insulin is essential. You need insulin or else you would die. Like it is very, very, very important. Because it is regulating blood sugar levels. Insulin's job is to go through your bloodstream and just be like, I need to stash glucose in certain places because I don't want it going through the bloodstream. But here's the problem with too much insulin. When you have too many spikes of blood sugar, you have a lot of insulin circulating through your body. The more insulin you are having circulating through your body, the harder it's going to be to lose body fat. So. What's interesting about starch and sugar is that it is going to be turned into glucose in the mouth or when swallowed. And glucose doesn't just stay in your blood either. It's going, it's kind of like seeps everywhere in the body. So if you have a piece of white bread in your house, I'm going to really encourage you to do this. Grab a piece of white bread and just let it sit in your mouth without eating it. I would say do this for about like 45 seconds to a minute. Try not to swallow if you can, just like let it sit in your mouth and you will notice that it's going to eventually become sweet. And that's because it's turning into glucose in the mouth, which is just so fascinating to me. Okay, let's dive into the difference between natural and refined sugar. So sugar in every single form, it's a simple carbohydrate. The main thing that it's doing, it's a simple carb in the body that converts into glucose and then uses that for energy. But natural versus refined, it's going to impact the body differently. So natural sugar, it's naturally occurring in food. So if you think of fruit or starchy vegetables, again, with fruit and starchy vegetables, as long as you're not changing the texture in some way, that fiber is helping to prevent a rapid blood sugar spike and drop that can then lead to weight gain, insulin resistance and diabetes like what we just talked about. So this is going to be um, like if you're thinking of fruit, it's found in fruit as fructose and it's found in dairy as lactose. Refined sugar, on the other hand, it may come from a natural source, but it's been processed so only sugar remains and the fiber is removed, often because the food is designed to be preserved, which then causes that blood sugar spike. So again, guys, the more uh, glucose spikes you have, the more insulin that's circulating through your body, those chronically elevated levels of insulin that can lead to obesity, type two diabetes, PCOS, so many other things. So when we flatten our uh, blood glucose spikes, we're going to flatten the insulin spikes as well. When it comes to how much sugar we should be getting, women are looking at around 25 grams of sugar per day. Men are looking at around 37 grams But I do want you to remember that your body is getting sugar from other sources as well. The body breaks down carbs into simple sugars, which is then turned into glucose. So let's chat a little bit about artificial sugar. When you sit down at a restaurant, you know, you always see the bowl containing the the rainbow of sugar substitute packets. You got sweet and low, you got Splenda, you got Stevia, right? And a lot of people, they prefer to use these substitutions um, in place of the white sugar packets because these substitutions really have no nutritional benefit. They just add sweetness without the calories, typically, that come with a teaspoon of sugar. But low calorie and high sweetness is often a very dangerous combination. These packets have absolutely no nutritional value, yet they are retraining the taste buds to require more sweetness because of that dopamine boost. How the body metabolizes the sugar in fruit and milk is going to differ from how it's metabolized in terms of refined sugar that are just processed foods or artificial sugar. So the body breaks down refined sugar very quickly. Um, That's going to cause that insulin to be released in response to blood sugar Um, levels just essentially skyrocketing. So because refined sugar is digested quickly, you don't feel full after you're done eating, no matter how many calories you consumed the fiber in fruit, it it moves slowly through your stomach, which is going to help you feel full longer. So again, sugar is sugar at the end of the day, whether it's coming from fruit, whether it's coming from stevia, like sugar is sugar. But you, depending on the type of food that you are eating and the fiber that is in that food source can change how it's metabolized throughout your body. So there is a caveat. (laughs) Um, Once the sugar passes through the stomach and reaches the small intestine, It doesn't matter if it came from an apple or if it came from a soft drink, how much sugar is already in your blood is going to determine how the body uses the sugar. So our body basically starts playing Tetris to stash away too much glucose. So there's three spots it's going to stash it in. One, it could stash glucose in the liver, turns glucose into glycogen. Um, Think of it almost as like the cousin to starch. It does less damage in this form right? So liver is option one. Muscles are option two, and that's typically a very effective storage unit because we just have so many muscles. And three is going to be fat reserves. So that means it's turned into fat and stored in fat reserves, which is one of the ways that we gain weight. So in order to lose weight, we need to lose body fat by entering fat burning mode. Our body can call on glycogen in the liver and muscles to turn back into glucose whenever mitochondria needs it. Then when glycogen storage starts to diminish, our bodies can call on the fat and the fat reserves for energy. So thinking you know, obviously fat burning mode leads to losing weight, right? Here's the thing though, only if insulin levels are low, which is about two hours after the blood glucose spike, will we be able to enter fat burning mode. So if insulin's present, our body is prevented from burning fat. So what I really want you to take away from all of this so far Whether it's natural, whether it's artificial, it is going to be metabolized differently. But again, once it passes through the stomach and reaches the small intestine, it really doesn't matter where that sugar came from. Sugar is sugar at the end of the day. And you want to try to limit those blood sugar spikes. One way to do that is to make sure that your food does have some sort of fiber in it. If it doesn't have fiber in it, you want to make sure that you are having something with fiber in it before partaking in that sugary substitute. A lot of these artificial sweeteners contain almost 200 times the sweetness of just sugar. So again, you're you're just retraining your taste buds to require more sweetness. So then when you go back to eating just a normal piece of fruit, it might not taste as sweet because you're so used to Stevia or Sweet and Low or Splenda or one of those substitute packets that skyrockets in the sweetness. So the last thing I wanted to chat about um. And I wanted to include this because I have been asked several times about Diet Coke. So let's chat a little bit about the difference in Coke. Coke versus Diet Coke. So regular soda, it contains a lot of refined sugar. I'm sure we all knew that. That's going to contribute to obesity, weight gain, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular diseases, a lot of issues, right? Whereas diet soda contains artificial sweeteners instead of traditional sugar. So basically no calories, but trying their best to accomplish the same taste. Like we just talked about, sugar is sugar at the end of the day, whether it's coming from an artificial source or if it's coming from refined sugar. So diet drinks, they're they're loaded with these low-calorie artificial sweeteners, most notably aspartame. I'm sure you guys have heard of that. Um, it has been linked to causing cancer, increasing weight, and many other chronic health issues. The FDA has approved it, but they've also made a statement that it's safe for most people, which I find really interesting. Um, But there's a handful of countries out there that have banned the use of it in foods and drinks. Aspartame contains about four calories per gram, which is very similar to sugar. But again, guys, it's about 200 times sweeter than sugar. So again, you're just, you're retraining your brain to get this dopamine uh, boost and to get used to sugary foods to the point of craving them more and more throughout the day. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle. It has been linked to increasing the appetite because leptin is suppressed and ghrelin, the feed me hormone, is increased. So basically, it's providing sweetness without providing the body with energy or basically suppressing the appetite in any way. So sweet tastes, they're typically, they're going to signal to the body that food is entering the gut. The body then expects to receive calories and signals when eating should stop by making a person feel full. A person experiences that same sweet taste when they consume sweeteners, but the body is receiving fewer calories than it might expect. So if this starts happening regularly, the body starts to unlearn the association between sweet sweet taste and calories. So basically, high calorie foods will no longer trigger those feelings of fullness, which can then lead to overeating and also lowering the metabolism. So I really challenge you with this. To pay attention when you are, you know, loading everything into MyFitnessPal into your food diary and looking at the sugar levels, right? Again, women ideally want to try to stay below 25 grams of sugar per day. And if you can do that, then you are going to keep blood sugar levels just a little bit more in check, As always, guys, if you have any questions relating to this podcast, I'm more than happy to answer. Please feel free to shoot me a message. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed learning about the difference in sugar, natural versus artificial.